Hello, creatures of the night. Welcome to the Slasher Sports Show. I am Billy Graves. You can find me on Twitter at HitCityKid. Follow us on the Slasher Sports account as well, if you don't mind, at Slasher Sports on Twitter and TikTok. And on Instagram at Slasher Sports Media. Of course, we are here on YouTube as well. You're going to find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Yosavin, who knows where. Um, but lastly, if you're enjoying the shows, and we really hope that you are, our biggest ask is that if you would give us a rating, we understand that it is not easy to just show up, click buttons when we ask you to. But man, we're really trying to move up in these search engines. You know, the searchability on Apple and Spotify and, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. We just need your help. Like my mug. Um but yeah, so your ratings help us get that traction. So that's really all that we can really ask of you. Now, as you might notice, Suki isn't with me this week, and I'm going to tell you why. And um, I'm really proud to say that Suki has now uh, taken over her own show. You might have heard that already. But she's joined uh, the, the crew full-time here at Slasher Sports on the Slasher Sports Network. Uh, you can find her every week talking about a more tender side of sports, the side of sports where relationships are involved. Uh, sports brings a lot of families together, and in the grand scheme of things, you know some some of my most important memories are playing catch with my biological dad, you know, hearing stories about how my favorite player Barry Bonds wouldn't last in the times of my dad's favorite player Mickey Mantle. And there's, you know, the memory of my stepdad and I watching the Braves and Pirates in the 91 pennant with Sid Bream sliding into home plate. Called safe, breaking my heart, but, you know, making my stepdad's night, being a Braves fan himself. But, you know, back to Suki, she's got something in store where she's going to be talking to guests about their experiences in dating, marriage, uh, couples running together. Couples whose sports fandom revolves around rival teams to one another. Could you imagine Washington Redskins, Commanders fan, you know, finding the girl of his dreams, and then at the worst possible time, finding out she was raised a Cowboys fan? <sighs> what a conundrum to find yourself in. Well, I know Suki's going to do good things with her show here on the Slasher Sports Network. I think you should give her a listen. First episode went great. I listened to it as soon as it dropped. She spoke to her longtime friend, Dr. Porsche Jackson, who's been studying the Brazilian art of capoeira, the Brazilian art of dance fighting. Can't really be encapsulated in simply dance fighting, but Dr. Porsche has the rundown, so give Suki a listen and enjoy it. But here on the newly formatted Slasher Sports Show, aptly titled The Graveyard, You've got a job to do, and that job is to keep you turned on. To the newest horror flicks, you pervert. They say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? We all go a little mad sometimes. Oh, but it knows I'm here. They're having to get you, Barbara. 
to the Slasher Sports Show with Billy Graves. You know, in the next episode of The Graveyard, I've got a very special guest coming on. His name is Reeves Elliott. He's the writer and director of The Secret of Cuck Island. Watch this film. It is batshit crazy. I mean, it's like any other trauma film. Uh, there's just no rules. There are just no rules at all. And I probably saw more penis than I wanted to see. Um, that, what do you do for? What do you do with that? You just take it in stride. Just take it in stride. But yeah, no rules. Unapologetic. Uh, the guys at uh, at the production company are they're renegades, but they have fun doing it. We have fun watching it. So get, we're going to we're going to talk to him more about that project tomorrow. Hopefully that will be up before too long. But today let's talk about things that we can watch right now. Actually, let's, let's look over the past week. What have we watched over the last week that was worth bragging about telling our friends about? I saw a uh, speak no evil. OK, speak no evil was, uh, was a tough one. A foreign flick. The good thing about that one is. If you have problems with subtitles, they are not, you know, it's not too much on the uh, the subtitle front. Okay, it's a lot of it spoken in English. You're going to have a couple of times where they break off into different dialects and the subtitles are there. But it's not going to overwhelm you. It's something that you can watch. Um, speak no evil. Well, the, the trailer really spells this one out. It does a really good job. No surprises. Other than the, uh, the the links, the captor or captors will go to to play their little game. You know, in case you haven't been hip to it, there's a Dutch family, a Danish family that meet on holiday. And you know it's a European film because it said a holiday instead of vacation. They seem to like, you know, they, they seem to like each other. They're a really polite couple. Uh, maybe a little too polite. You know what I mean? Well, as the film wears on, the host couple... After inviting the protagonist to their country home, they become more and more agitating, more obnoxious, showing these little microaggressions until they turn into really big aggressions. And, uh, you know, this is this is all in the trailer. Um, nothing I'm telling you is really new information. Uh, the bad husband, uh, say the bad guy, the antagonist. Uh, when they meet the good couple, uh, he says he's a doctor, but later on contradicts himself, says he lied. Just big red flag right there in their face, unapologetic. And they're doing aggressive grinding on the dance floor in front of the couple like they barely met. He's blowing up at a kid for being off rhythm while dancing. They, you know, the, the weirdness is just piling up as you go through the as, as you go through the film. You know, all these things that keep me from accepting invites from anybody I know. Like, you know, in case we're into chilies and the guy's bricked up dancing next to his lady, next to the salad bar. I don't even know if there's a salad bar at Chili's. But forget what you heard. This is uh, this is one you want to see unfold. You know, there's you know, plenty that the trailer left out. Major developments, some gut-wrenching cinema. I gave it three out of five. I'm sorry, 3.5 out of 5 slashes. That's what I'm giving that one. So, yeah, 3.5 is watchable. Is it not? I think it is. 
But yeah, that speak no evil. Saw a barbarian in theaters. And I was I was kind of iffy on this one. Like, do I want to pay the theater prices for this? There are only so many films out there that are, you know, in theaters that I even want to see. It was highly touted by a lot of people, but then again, some people just can't get enough of the, the online complaining, so you don't really know how to you know, how, how to take that. People are just disingenuous with their, their movie critiques. If something just wasn't as enjoyable as they wanted, if it wasn't the thing from 1982, that level, then it was the worst thing you ever saw, and don't waste your money on it. Come on. What, whatever happened to the time, you know, the, the 80s, we, we brag about how bad horror films are better than any other genre's bad films, right? A bad comedy is so much worse than a bad horror film. I mean, that's kind of our mantra, is it not? I think it is. A Barbarian was not what I expected. Not what I expected at all. So Justin Long, he continues to be one of the hardest working horror actors today. He's got House of Darkness, Barbarian. They just announced Tusk 2 is going to be a thing. I mean, what a wild flick that one is, Tusk. Barbarian wasted no time setting a tone. And, you know, horror films do something that no other genre does to the level it does it. And that's the cold open. You know, horror films, cold opens go hand in hand. But, you know, without spoiling anything, Barbarian didn't have a cold open. Instead, I used a format of like a, uh, like a soft transition between acts. And, uh, you know, the, the trailer sold it all. Girl gets to a rental house. There's a guy already there, played by Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. And uh, honestly, horror fans think of Bill Skarsgård and immediately think of Pennywise from the most recent you know, remake of, of Stephen King's It. So there's already this unconscious tone being set with him. You've already painted a picture before the story begins, and it's not his fault we did it. It's not the director Zach Kreger's fault that that did it either. It's it's just right place, right time, right guy in the role. And another thing that really helps you get in the mood for the, you know, for for, for Doom is the fact that Skarsgård's like six foot four. So standing next to Georgina Campbell, you you know she doesn't have a chance against him. I mean, she's dead if 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 he wants her dead, she's dead, right? You know, on the subject of Georgina Campbell, man, that girl's a hammer. I can't remember right offhand if I've ever seen any of her other work, but she knocked this one out of the park. You know, Justin Long finds his way into the story, and he's in a role that we're not necessarily used to seeing him in. You know, he 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 does get the worst ends of the deals in the movie that he's in like for fuck's sake the creeper took his fucking eyeballs in jeepers creepers i always wondered how you know, the creeper got those custom plates 
How does he get custom plates? Here in Tennessee, which I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, by the way, um, you know, you, you used to have to go in person to the county clerk and get your plates. This is a creeper of getting turned away at the clerk's office. I, I don't know, but Barbarian, it's, it, this one's still in theaters. It's one of the better films you're going to catch today in theaters. I highly suggest it. Easy four out of five slashes for Barbarian. Big fan of it. But I guess, you know, we need to talk about some some upcoming horror films. And I'm thinking releasing over the next week. And I want to kind of talk about, you know, films that you can catch in theaters, films that you can catch on demand, something you might be able to catch on Shutter on one of your streaming services, kind of spread it out. If, if you don't have all the services, maybe we're going to talk about something that you can see without you know, spending, you know, an arm and a leg because we're about, you know, introducing things that are possible to see, not you know, something that we're not out to, uh, to hurt anybody, you know. So let's take a look at a few trailers. Okay, we're going to see how this works. Um, I was a big fan of these mo movies. I've, I've already kind of screened what's going on here. And once we're viewing, we're just going to kind of shoot from the hip. I don't really have any notes planned. I don't, I just want to make this a, a an organic kind of one-way conversation. But by all means, if uh, you have opinions on what I'm talking about, hit up the comment section. If there is one, if you're on YouTube, hit up the comment section. If you're on Spotify or Apple or any of the others, um, just hit me up on Twitter, at HitCityKid. I'll be happy to chat you up. But this one's called Blank. I think we need to take a quick look at it. But yeah, Blank, uh, you know, after checking on an AI-operated writer's retreat, to the retreat um, where your new chapter awaits you. there's uh, some wonkiness going on here. Hello? Welcome to the retreat, Miss Rivers. So yeah, Claire, she's going to be trapped in this house. With Wayne Brady. <laughs> My name is Rita. I am here to make your stay. There's Rita with those, those victory rolls. I think those are victory rolls. Hmm. Once upon a time, there was this writer. There's always a writer in this world, except for her books. Yeah, a secluded writer Story. going to the wrong damn place. And they wanted her to write for, but she had run out of stories. Yeah. <laughs> Something's wrong with the scanner. The door's not open. Yeah, so something's wrong, all right. System. Nothing to worry about. Something AI thing's getting out of hand. And it's affecting us in here. I can sense you are distressed. The virus has proven to be rather aggressive. Oh, look at those eyes. Please, open the door. I had an ex whose eyes did that during orgasm. I never saw it. I heard about it. Claire, we are experiencing some internal issues. I don't understand. What does that mean? Hmm. Wayne Brady's given the the calls coming from inside the house. You do not know yours. The manifest was erased. No one knows you're here. Oh boy. I'm gonna die in here. Yeah, I can see how this would be stress-inducing. Oh yeah, she got that Terminator thing going on. 
with the robotic eye. Yeah, I, I like that. So, I mean, first thoughts, basically. I, so, all right, this was directed by Natalie Kennedy. Okay, Natalie, if you don't know Natalie Kennedy, she's kind of on a, uh, a comeback trail. She hadn't gone away anywhere, but as far as directing goes, she's on the comeback trail. You know, between like 2010, something like that, 20, I don't know, like before 2020, I know that. She'd done several short films. And then between 2017 up to now, um, she hadn't done much at all outside of this miniseries called like Cancel Culture? Council Council Culture. So out, outside of blank, She's got this one horror directorial credit. It wasn't a, a feature film because this is the debut, but it was her very first short film back in, I think I said 2010 earlier, uh, but this was called Shed. Okay, so Kennedy, she's like a, a an English theater kid. Okay, so it's not surprising that she has a lack of horror credits, but I want to see this one. Again, it's her feature film debut. And kicking it off with a horror flick. And, uh, you know, Stephen Herman actually wrote this one. This is the same guy that wrote Black Box. I think it was Black Box. Don't shoot me. Don't quote me. You can quote me, but don't shoot me. But I think that was him, Black Box. I, I need to verify that one. This is, you know, the one about the uh, the guy that, you know, lost his memory. And they were doing all those experiments on him. Uh, I mean, they weren't really experiments. They were more like just tests. But I had Felicia Rashad, you know, um, Claire Huxtable, TV mom. Nice little psych thriller. But honestly, it makes me want to see Blank even more with him writing it. Black Box was was fantastic. There's, but this one's got uh, Rachel Shelley. If you don't know Rachel Shelley, she's another English gal. Mostly on TV, but, you know, she's had her share of features. It's just been a while. So we've got a lot of people kind of coming back to... Um, Maybe coming to for the first time and coming back to feature film. She doesn't have that many uh, horror roles, but uh, she was in this Christmas horror film. <laughs> if there's anything I love about the holidays, excluding Halloween, it's seeing a cheesy holiday horror flick. And Christmas has the lion's share of horror. But this one's called The Children, and it kind of blended two of my favorite subgenres of horror. Subgenres, we just couldn't leave everything under movies, so we had to you know, create genres. But no, it wasn't broken down enough, so we had to come up with subgenres. It's not just horror; it's holiday horror. And the children is a holiday horror and a killer kid flick, because you know not only we want to see blood and guts and dismemberment on Jesus' birthday. We want to make sure those damn kids are destined for hell as early as life as possible. <sighs> what was I even saying? Oh, yeah, Rachel Shelley's in this. Uh, Hyda Reed, she plays the robot, the one with the, the victory rolls. Again, I don't know if they're victory rolls. This is pretty close, but it reminds me of those 1940s type haircuts where, yeah, women were just staying home, being maids, and having babies, walking around barefoot. But, hey, Haida's from uh, Iceland. Um, is it true that Iceland is, like, mostly green and Greenland is mostly ice and snow? 
If not, Emilio Estevez is full of shit because that's what they said in those Mighty Duck movies. This is good. I'm on my last packet of uh, Swiss Miss. I'm pretty pissed off about it because I was out today. I didn't even go in the vicinity of a grocery store. Um, But yeah, Hyda Reed plays the robot. And, you know, that's not her real name, by the way. I mean, everybody uses stage names, right? But Hyda Reed is, uh, in fact, spelled very difficultly. And I don't even know how to say her real name because the Icelandic alphabet characters are far past my linguistic abilities. And I speak three languages. Three. Okay, I'm working on number four. I'm not just a, a fool in a serial killer t-shirt, okay, with junk bands on every single day because his, his good friend decided that they were not going to get haircuts for a year. I agreed. I agreed. But hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And this is what you're going to have to deal with as you see me for at least until next July. I don't know why I agreed to it, but Christian, you can go to hell. Straight to hell. But yeah, Wayne Brady's in this one. Who saw that coming? I mean, like, what kind of bottom shelf show would this be? Would would the graveyard be if I didn't bring up the fact that the great Wayne Brady is in this? You know, Wayne Brady in a horror flick's like finding... Zelda Rubenstein in a porno. Okay. Zelda Rubenstein. Come into my light. We're getting too far out there. All right. Quit messing around, guys. So, no. Wayne Brady, I'm a big fan of. Um, something about comedians. I just had a conversation with Suki Suburbia on uh, a previous episode of this very podcast. It was about comedians and how... They have the toughest job that there is. Actors, um, with the exception of like theater actors, can they have redos? You know, they can cut. Let's try it again. Stand-up comedians, they don't have that. They do not have that at all. And he was on one of the most difficult um, sketch comedy shows. It wasn't really a sketch comedy. I don't know what we would call it. It's improv. Uh, whose line is it anyway? Very famous for uh, his ability to come up with a song on, on uh, not on cue. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? On command, I guess. Um, English is hard. But yeah, Wayne Brady, one of the funniest guys alive. And comedians have that ability to bring the most difficult emotion to drag out of anybody. And that is laughter, humor, happiness. It's hard to drag that out of anybody. You can scare somebody easily. Um, anybody can watch intently and just you know really try to discern what's going on in a film but no laughter is hard to bring out of it and nobody makes people laugh on the level that wayne brady does wayne brady in a in a horror film is really a special thing and what suki and i were talking about was whether or not a certain comedian could follow the footsteps of Robin Williams, One Hour Photo. What was the other movie he was in? Was it Insomnia? Not Insomnia. There's a one word like that. It might be Insomnia. Damn it. I hate when I can't come up with something. I usually do pretty well about coming up with stuff just right off the hip. Uh, Jim Carrey was in the number 27. 
uh, Ashton Kutcher out, out of uh, uh, that 70s show was in the butterfly effect. They all did really good jobs. I proposed Eddie Murphy could do a straight up horror flick, not like Vampire in Brooklyn, which was a comedy horror, horror comedy. I think he could do a real demented flick and do very well at it. But hey, we're talking about Wayne Brady. Okay. Uh, he's in this film. I'm really glad he is because I like to see comedians branch out. Uh, if, if horror is my number one love in film, comedy is number two. But yeah, the, the, the trailer, I mean, I, I wonder what you guys think about it. Drop, uh, drop in the comments. Tell me how you feel about this trailer. Um, to me, it reminds me of another film that's kind of new on the block called Margot. Uh, but instead of a robotic maid, you've got like a smart house, smart house, uh, that, that turns on its inhabitants. And I think AI turning on us is, it's like an underutilized trope, maybe. I mean, it's right here upon us in real life. You know, we, you know, we depend so much on our devices that if they ever did turn on us, we'd, we'd all be royally fucked. Royally fucked. Just think of all the items in your house that could just instantly become potential death and dismemberment for you and yours. Just look around. I mean, they're everywhere. Everywhere. They'd never get me, though. Mm-mm. They would never get me. If I even conceive a thought that my AI is turning on me, I'm unplugging the Wi-Fi. That mentioned how good the Swiss Miss is. Damn it. But yeah. Um, what was the name of this one? Blank. is. Uh, I was drawing a blank. <laughs> This is available on video on demand, September 23rd. So by the time you hear this, time to see it, it should, uh, it should be out. So, yeah, we need to watch this one, Graveyardigans. I think we really do. And hit me up when you do. I want to know how you uh, how you uh, felt about it. Try not to spoil it in the comments, though. Oh, I do want people to see it. I'm, I'm big on spoilers, man. I'm so big on spoilers. I complain about spoilers so much, maybe more than anybody really should. I think trailers should give away just enough, but not too much. I keep going back to it, and you're probably sick of me talking about it, but Godzilla versus Kong was completely spoiled for me. Completely spoiled. Um, and it's because they let out of the bag that Mecha Godzilla was going to be in the film. You could have held off on that. You really could have, because everybody went to the theaters to see Godzilla versus Kong. And... If you drop in that third Mecha Godzilla in there, it becomes a big surprise. You know, something to send the people happy. Like you got more than you asked for. But there, there's fucking face was in that cloud of dust you know, running across the city. Damn it. Mm. Well, furthermore, uh, the next film is called Raven's Hollow. Uh, this one looked interesting enough to me that I wanted to share it. And, well, hell, let's just look at it and see what's going on. This is uh, returning from a training exercise in upstate New York. Edgar Allan Poe and four other West Point cadets make a gruesome discovery. It's going to lead them into a forgotten community where they... What does this to a man? 
Mm. Maybe it was natives? Yeah, there aren't Always any natives, natives here anymore. What Always are you doing, folks? Edgar! Gotta say his first and last name so you know who we're talking about here. Oh, he said Raven. I know what I that's about. What it is. Spirit. Raven's Hollow sounds like a town where I'd want to live. Indians call it bad medicine. Why does the sit upon my and will dead Handle the volume on that thing. Where the legend began, so I guess we're getting uh, an origin story here. I like the idea of an origin story. So I read the, um, I guess the synopsis, and it's, it, this is said to have been inspired by Poe's mysterious exit from the military academy at West Point. Well, Poe's exit from West Point isn't so mysterious. Not mysterious at all. In actuality, he got court-martialed. He got dismissed from West Point. Hmm, look at that. This is... Yeah, this is definitely dark and gothy. And it's gonna be on Shudder. It's gonna be on Shudder. Um, definitely dark and gothy. I really like that. Um, not a lot of color to it. Something you'd expect from a Poe flick. Um, but yeah, like I was saying... Poe's exit from West Point was not mysterious. I don't know why they would say that. He did get court-martialed. He got kicked out. And it's basically failure to... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He just wasn't listening to anybody. He wasn't, taking, he wasn't being a subordinate, a good subordinate. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard. It's controversial. The, the military doesn't look very fondly upon those who are insubordinate funny that but he did get his third book of poetry funded while he was still there that's kind of kind of wild so he he got a little juice out of the fruit before he before he went but that third book though it basically kind of rehashed some older writings that uh i mean a number of cadets at west point threw their copies of it into the hudson river um, not out of disdain for him being court-martialed and kicked out and no longer one of the boys, but because most of what was in the book was really incomparable to anything that really had given him this, this genius reputation at West Point. Um, yeah, it was wild stuff, but the trailer doesn't exactly show whether the events are part of his psyche or if they're a fictional interpretation of actual happenings. But I like how they left it ambiguous. We don't know what's going on in the trailer, but we know that we have an origin story for Edgar Allan Poe. And I, I like how they're taking the, the, I guess, the creative liberties. You know, Christopher Hatton wrote and directed this one. Um, I best remember Hatton from that Dolph Lundgren zombie flick, Battle of the Dead, Battle of the Damned. I think it's Battle of the Dead. So it feels like Damned was in that title. 
It's one of those. But Lundgren did that one right in the middle of his um, Expendables popularity. Who was his co-star in Battle of the Damn Dead, though? Melanie Zanetti, who is in this one, who's in Raven's Hollow. So Hatton knows rule number one. You find someone you know won't turn down a role and works well with you and cast the hell out of them. It's Quentin Tarantino school of law. He casts everybody more than once. Uh, this one stars William Mosley, not Bill Mosley. Don't, don't confuse him with Bill Mosley, but William Mosley of uh, the Chronicles of Narnia fame played uh, the, well, the main kid. I think his name was Peter. He plays Poe himself, Ed Allan Poe. And uh, William once said he'd hoped that he wouldn't be typecast as Peter from Narnia. If his name was Peter. I'm probably screwing that up too. Um, but yeah, I think that wish has come true. He's made a fine career. But yeah, this is the uh, Ed Allan Poe origin story we didn't know he needed. Uh, this one gives me memories of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I don't know if uh, it was a pretty good film and it was decently big at the time because nobody was doing alternate reality, you know, fiction. But yeah, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, uh, because it's obviously an alternate history origin. And I like that. I feel like not enough real people from history get fun biopics, though. I mean, what if Bill Shakespeare had been you know, frequenting drag shows in Stratford-upon-Avon. That's a mouthful. I can't really say that. Uh, he'd been frequenting drag shows in Stratford-upon-Avon, and uh, that's why he had, you know, women play all the parts in his plays. What if, you know? What if? You know, what if James Brown secretly been moonlighting as a crime fighter, and that's where he wore capes all the time? James Brown. So he sees the, the brown signal and just has to put that mask on, mashed potatoes way to the brown mobile. Just spitballing here. But this one is available on Shutter September 22nd. So actually at the time that this is recording, that is today. So you can turn on Shutter right now and find Raven's Hollow. So that's pretty solid. Moving on to the next one. This, this one looked really good to me, and I don't know if it's because of nostalgia vibes, but let's take a look at it real quick. This one's uh, about a teenage girl in the burbs. You know, she's convinced that her mom's new boyfriend's a serial killer terrorizing the town. She's got to prove it. Let's handle that volume. That was almost a Wilhelm scream. You've been having nightmares for weeks, sweetie. It was Oh, true. I well, like that accent. Hard to tell. And Rada Mitchell it, you should definitely gets hardly you any say. love from the hardcores, no, man. Rada Mitchell's great. It's about time she started using that natural yeah. accent, too. Where's Susan Miller? Oh, that looked bad. Exactly. Bodies getting drugged exactly. through basements. Boys. Hmm. He hunts. Looks like an it follows kind of kind of scene. He tortures. He kills. Okay. Yeah. Keep him bloody. I don't know what to do anymore. I just want you to believe me. 
That's what all liars want you to do. This is not a normal teenage dilemma. Seven people are dead. Neither one of those girls are teenagers. There's nothing here. What was that? Please get out of there now! Oh, the FaceTime. There's someone behind you! Ellen Newton. Okay, I can get down with this. Yeah, I, I can definitely get down with that one. I mean, Rada Mitchell, man. Absolutely love Rada Mitchell. Now, this one was directed by Mark Hatley. You know, when I saw... This, this is a an odd story. Uh, I usually remember pretty well the names of guys that, you know, I've specifically looked into. And Mark Hatley, when I saw that he was directing this... I pretty much had to think to myself, who the hell's Mark Hatley? Hartley. Hatley, I'm thinking Hatley. Mark Hartley. I didn't know who he was. And it just didn't set in that I actually did know who Mark Hartley was. But it was because he hadn't done a feature film in, well, shit ever that I really knew of. At least not a horror film. What he had done... Did you hear that little whistle? What he had done that I knew from him, and the reason it wasn't sinking in, is a shit ton of great documentaries. He did the Electric Boogaloo doc. He did Machete Maidens Unleashed, and that's the one that I'm suggesting to all of you right now. It's a documentary on the exploitation filmmaking in the Philippines, where it was basically guerrilla filmmaking, like no standards, no regs. Just dirt cheap labor. I can't even begin to tell you how much I enjoyed that. I, I'm probably going to have to look it up and, and watch again. But th this is his feature. The Girl at the Window. And did I say he's got Rada Mitchell? Uh, she's done a little bit of everything. And uh, possibly unfairly underrated. You know, mid to late 90s teenagers like myself, born in 82. Um we know it from the video game adaptation Silent Hill, which came later, you know, after the 2000s, like 05, 06, 07, something like that. But even though she's got credits in every genre of film known to man, her horror films, and that's what we're here to praise, right? It's Graveyard. We're not here to talk about romantic comedies. Her horror film resume is small, but it is strong. Outside of Silent Hill, you got Pitch Black. Black is fantastic. You got Rogue about the, the giant crocodile in the mudslide. You got the crazies, the crazies with Timmy Timothy Oliphant. I mean, there was really a period of time where she was putting out pure bangers. And uh, you know, I'm glad to see her here. Uh she may have been doing a lot of things between now and then, but I mean, I'm I don't watch anything but horror. And if she wasn't doing horror, then in my mind she wasn't doing anything. Like I'm I'm lame, but I owe it. I own it. But yeah, this one gives me Disturbia vibes. I don't know if you remember that film. I think it was another early 2000s flick. Um, Shia LaBeouf, David Morse, Carrie Ann Moss, maybe? I think. Matrix Lady? 
but yeah, it gives me Disturbia vibes. Other than the house arrest factor and the just completely batshit crazy lead actor, of course. Um, now, Disturbia was made at a time when Shia LaBeouf was still normal, pre-Mia Goth, which I have questions about that, but we can save that for another episode. I'm just saying, they've known each other a long time. She's pretty young. I am hyped up about Rod Mitchell, but just from what we saw in the trailer, it seems that this film is going to revolve more around the daughter, played by Ella Newton. Um. Per upcominghorrorfilms.com, you know, the dynamic is, you know, the, the, the daughter, who's played by Ella Newton, um, she thinks the mom's new boyfriend is possibly the killer. Said that before. IMDb does not specify that. But if that's the case, I've always been a fan of that trope. Uh, you know, the, the mom's always dismissive of the kid. Um, we're put in like this omniscient, POV where we get to see both sides. Well, all three sides unfold. I'm down with it. Let's watch it. And let's do that on September 27th, video on demand. It's going to be a great one. Now, I went back and forth on whether or not I was going to talk about this one. Today, anyway. It was going to be talked about. I just didn't know whether I wanted to talk about it today. But... Let's look at a film that finally got a trailer and maybe we can make you know a little bit of sense of some issues that are out there. Let's give it a look. I hope you love it. I really do. Oh, Beautiful. you already know what it is, isn't it? It takes no time to, to, to know it's really nice what that's all about. You can hold it. What that cube is, isn't it? Oh, look at that. Oh, God, look at it. It's really nice. You can hold it. Has it always been long like that, though? What is it? It's a puzzle. Yeah, a puzzle that'll fuck you up. And it's almost finished. Keep going. So if I solve it, do I get a prize? Yeah, you get a prize, all right. You get a prize... And it's not going to wash off. Oh, yeah. He's fucked. This belongs in a cold open. Everybody's a master of horror, aren't they? The thing I'm really looking forward to is the first look at the new Hell Priest. Oh, there the Cenobites. Look at them in all their glory. It's time. Oh. Greater delights await. We wish to see you proceed. This is amazing. Their blood, their pain. All for us. Just look. Yes, thank you very much. Jamie Clayton. On Hulu, October 7th on Hulu. So I was going to tell you that a little bit later, but they kind of put the cat out of the bag. I am so much looking forward to this one. 
Okay, that's uh, a little gothier than my normal style, a little more leathery. But uh, yeah, this is uh, the new Hellraiser. It's a, a reimagining, not a sequel, not a prequel, not a remake, not a reboot, just a reimagining. Just another story of the Cenobites. But basically, you just saw a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession. It's always the people that are troubled, the people with afflictions, right? Comes across that puzzle box. But just like a Rubik's Cube, you know, you got to try it. And when you finally solve it, that's a wrap. It is an absolute wrap. That group of sadistic supernaturals coming from another dimension. Yeah, directed by David Bruckner, starring Jamie Clayton as Pinhead. Now listen, this has been one of those things where there's been a lot of online backlash. Nobody seems to like that there's a Black Little Mermaid, not our, not our street. That's the street that we're staying off of. Little Mermaid can do their own thing, even though it's pretty stupid to have that problem. Um, people had issues. They, they were saying it was, oh, they're going woke. I hate that word. I hate the word woke because it's being misused. But Jamie Clayton, a female, a female pinhead, which really it's an actress, a female actor playing pinhead. Pinhead has always been. From the beginning, since um, the the original graphic novel, the, the original novella, a basically genderless or sexless being with some feminine features. The voice was a little more masculine, as you heard. But this is nothing new. This was the original. What had what changed was Doug Bradley's character. And it being a straight-up male character. So I don't know. It seems like people lose out on the source material and don't realize that what they're complaining about is something that was changed to begin with. Now, I did check out some of the supporting actors in this film. Okay? And I saw Aoife Hines. Aoife Hines is... Um, she's a British actress. Well, she's British. She's uh, very much a, a mixed bag. Her father is uh, Kieran Hines, um, Irish, Irish lad. But the first time I saw Aoife Hines was on a film that on a film a, on a TV show that I don't know if I want to tell you guys that I watch. I'm gonna lose like all credibility that I have. If there's even any of that. All right, fuck it. It's between us. Nobody's going to see this anyway, right? I watched the hell out of a TV show called Dairy Girls. Okay, and on Dairy Girls, Aoife Hines plays a foreign exchange student. Hilarious episode. Um, I can't remember where exactly she said that she was from. It's not Cameroon. It's not Trinidad and Tobago. But they kept saying that she was Chinese. And she's very much not Chinese. But great show, great episode, and she comes off as a real bitch on this on this episode, and I loved her for it. So, yeah, but hey, David Bruckner spoke a little bit, um, kind of a recent interview, beginning of September, we're at the end of September at this point. He said, this is not a remake. 
I just didn't think you could ever remake the original Hellraiser. It's too much its own thing, and it would be, I think, perilous territory for filmmakers. People should really listen to this part of what he's saying. Because how do you top that? This is a new story in the Hellraiser universe. Uh, we knew we wanted Pinhead to be a woman. Jamie, Clayton was just the right person for the role. A person's identity can be really exciting for a role in many ways, but I have to emphasize that Jamie absolutely killed, and that's how we got there. What Doug Bradley did with a character so iconic, we didn't want to do a Doug Bradley impression. We just didn't want, we just didn't think that's possible to do. There will be suffering. You're going to get a sense of what Pinhead's desires might be in a way that hits a little differently. And this thing, again, Hits on Hulu October 7th. So hopefully you've got a subscription there. So I don't I don't want you to miss it. Um but yeah, guys, this is um this has been fun. We've been talking a little bit now. We're just under an hour. So I just want to know which of these films are you most excited about, or which one are you gonna see first? I, I do want to remind you that you can find me right there at Hit City Kid uh, on Twitter. Follow me, um, follow us at Slasher Sports on TikTok and Twitter on Instagram. It's tick, uh, it's uh, what is it? Slasher Sports Media. Ooh, gosh, what a night! It's been a long one, but um, hey, be sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends, print out a screenshot, put it in the kids' Halloween candy, whatever it takes, put us on. Actually, this is probably not kid friendly, I've said the f bomb a few times. Um, but I do hope you enjoyed this, this episode of the graveyard on the slasher sports network. I mean, we got everything from sports and entertainment, college football, to horror flicks, pro wrestling. We're having fun with it. We hope you are again, like subscribe, share everything that gets us out there. Now, just remember, I've got this, uh, this guest coming in tomorrow. I don't want you to miss this. We're going to, we're going to put you guys onto a very fun film and ways that you can help his projects blow up even more than they already have. Now, go forth, and may you drink the blood of your enemies from the skulls of their children. They say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? We all go a little mad sometimes. Oh, it knows I'm here. And to get you, Barbara. Slasher Sports Show with Billy Graves.